You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Doctor, thank you for coming here on such short notice. Not at all, Professor. It's not every day you get such an unusual house call request. Indeed. I've encountered something buried in the catacombs of this old abandoned mansion my team and I have been excavating. I can't make any sense of it. I thought the advice of a medical professional was in order. By all means, Professor. Right this way. Behind this secret passageway. What is that, Professor? That's just it, Doctor. We don't know. Its dimensions and materials aren't anything my team has ever seen before. Let me let me get a closer look. My God! What is it, Doctor? It's... It's some kind of box. Maybe if we try and open it up... It appears to contain some kind of ancient writing. Can you make it out, Professor? I believe it says, this one's called the box. Food Lion? But what does it mean? Remarkable. Doctor, buried within this box are songs about abortion written by teenage boys with questionable theology. Good heavens! The ancient runes inside say the horrors we've just unleashed will only be here for one month, but that during that month we'll all be entranced, discussing ghost stories and weird beer, seasonal candy and terrifying quizzes. What's more, all who've heard this text spoken aloud will be made to listen to the music of scary bands from the Christian alternative scene. But what kind of sick people would want to listen to that? You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Cemeteries, Magnified Pod presents Magnified Pod, covering your favorite indie horror bands from the Christian alternative scene. Put your tape deaths on record. I am Count Andrew. And I'm... John Stein's monster. <laughs> I just realized in the second I should have been coming up with a name for the past like year, but I didn't. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure this is the exact same thing <laughs> yeah. uh, that that 
that happened last year. But uh, <laughs> this is our this is our podcast. Yeah, and Magnifrite Pod is back. It's been a while. Yes, a whole year. A whole year. So for those of you who weren't with us last year, for the month of October, Magnified Pod becomes Magnifrite Pod, mm. and Last year, we covered a bunch of uh, essentially punk bands that mm -hmm. were horror punk bands or horror punk influenced. Um, covered a little uh, Blaster the Rocket Man. We covered Grave Robber. Yeah, Grave Robber. Deadlines. Yeah, deadlines. Yeah. So, uh, but this year we're doing we're doing something in the same vein, but the indie influence so getting some yes. of those more uh obscure maybe more indie uh indie rock influences combined with the spookiness so Oof. sounds so good i know There's... this is this is this is john's essence <laughs> distilled essence there are many reasons why this is my favorite time of year but now magna fright pod is right up there with those reasons <laughs> uh what a delight to dive back into the cemetery with you um yeah this week we're uh, we're kicking things off with neon horse uh many many jason martin side projects oh man uh, this is this is one of them uh a jason martin mark solomon side project of which there are more than just one as well i know um, these dudes contain multitudes I mean, we've, it's true. we've said that about jason martin and i mean just the martin brothers in general but going from just sort of like the shoegazy Mm -hmm. uh you know <laughs> uh, indie rock stuff that he does with like starflyer to neon horse yeah uh it's such a different feel but with an incredibly distinct jason martin flair yes <laughs> that definitely. is so easy easy to yeah. pick out yeah dude always has like a little bit of spooky in the mix it's, it's never too far from him um so yeah we appreciate everyone that was saying we should cover neon horse at some point this year and then the couple folks who were like you know they'd be a good fit for magna fright pod and we were like eh, we're thinking mm. the same thing so mm. it's gonna get spooky some interesting stuff we'll cover this month uh that we haven't really covered uh this kind of music in some cases in the past i think it'll be really fun to go through them very very pumped um but before we get to any of that mm. not only do we have some nice drinks tonight and some nice little treats, but these are, these are seasonally appropriate uh, drinks and treats. What, what do you got over there? <laughs> John, I, what I always like to say is that you enjoy certain kinds of beers that you would, you like to mm -hmm. drink at seasonable, seasonally yeah. appropriate, <laughs> inappropriate times, inappropriate, seasonally times. inappropriate, inappropriate. Times. check mm -hmm. this out, huh? Um, yeah, so we're finally entering the season when the, the kind of beers that you enjoy <laughs> yeah. are seasonally appropriate, it's socially acceptable. Uh -huh. So, um, ugh, let me grab this. I uh have a southern tier Ooh. brewing company, me too. Pump King, oh man, do you have the pump I do have, King? I do have Pump King on hand, but what I have tonight is the Warlock, Ooh. which is the limited edition imperial pumpkin stout Ooh, interesting so. yeah this is an imperial pumpkin ale john yeah. what is what abv are you rocking over there um i'm guessing these are both pretty high this is 8.6 yeah this is an 8.6 as well all right um so you might think i went out on my and and, and got this 
recently. No, this was actually left in my fridge by Mickey. So <laughs> like a year ago? No, no, this was recent. She had these, uh, she had these like in the last couple weeks. So I'm like, well, you know what? Hell yeah. Well, thanks Southern for the tier. donation, Mickey. Yeah, thank you, Mickey. Um, Southern Tier in New York, uh, well known for their pumpkin uh, beers and Imperial Pumpkin Stout sounds like just the kind of bullshit that uh, you're accusing me of enjoying all year round, but it's perfect to enjoy right now. John's back on his bullshit. Oh, that's right. Ooh, that's boring um, dark. Yeah, it's real dark. Um, what does it say here? I mean, it smells very pumpkiny. I've had this before, but it's been a while. Um, Mine says pumpkin pie in a yeah. glass. Right, right. So, um. Yeah, I don't know what exactly. It's probably that aged in a bourbon barrel or something, I'm guessing. But uh, anyway, cheers. Cheers. Many uh, spooky returns. Wow, that's <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I remember last year having one of the most disappointing <laughs> yeah. beers, uh, pumpkin beers that I've ever had in my life. Um, this actually has, it's not over the top with like a pumpkin spicy or like a, that kind of a flavor it actually tastes for an imperial it tastes very it's not super boozy and it's not over the top with with any of those those spice flavors so very drinkable this is all of the things that you just said (laughs) the opposite (laughs) it is boozy lots of pumpkin spices um it's like a stout with you know some pumpkin pumpkin spices thrown in there sure but you know what i'm here for it yeah. And what better to wash this monstrosity down with some other monstrosities? Sure. I have here Sour Patch Kids Zombies. Ooh. Uh, featuring the terrifying flavors of raspberry and orange. <laughs> I think that's all that classic, them. <laughs> classic, terrifying uh, yeah. colors and flavors. I guess because they're purple and orange, they're zombies and that's scary i don't know i'm guessing they're just regular sour patch kids with those flavors but anyway yeah what do you got well i have behind me i have my my pumpkin my plastic sure uh, yeah. pumpkin uh halloween bucket what so, are we gonna pull out this week this week we have the uh perennial classic haribo the Man. sour vampire bats I looked for them at Walgreens. Yeah. Came up short. You did. So hopefully I can still find some this year. LOL that it says share size on it. <laughs> Shared with Magpie Nation over right. its microphone. Um Yeah, ooh. we're getting back into we're back on our bullshit of uh of chewing things into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done a lot of uh face testing or or no. wars of any kind this yeah. year. But um, this is I'd like to point oh, out man, the, that looks good. The decent size of yeah. these of these yeah. bats. That looks very satisfying. Mm. They're so good, man. <laughs> I gotta find these. That was a fail on the Walgreens near me for not having them. I I, I was looking around for some new stuff because I know that there's some some ones that we had last year that I'm like yeah. I'm like I don't I remember having one of the Haribos last year. But yeah, I don't, but I don't remember what it was. I might have to you know what I have to might have to do. Might have to go to the um oh that candy store. The candy store in downtown yeah. St. Paul. Candyland. There's, there's also a massive candy store in the Twin Cities metro area. 
I've never been there. I feel like it like came like just after I left or something, but it's, uh, everybody talks about this Minnesota's largest candy store. I think that's just what it's called. Yeah. Minnesota's largest candy store, <laughs> uh, in Jordan, Minnesota, wherever that is. So anyway, but yes, Candyland also great. Um, perhaps at some point we can take a trip together to this gigantic candy store. Once you're up here, we're going to have all kinds have of many adventures planned. All kinds of adventures. <laughs> Lots of, uh, fields pod recording segments to do man um it's gonna be so hard for me to not just sit here and and eat all of these because i know man you know i do like the gummy bears but sometimes Mm -hmm. i feel like they're a little bit too like firm these have these sour bats have yeah an awesome texture to them we're btbs Mm mm-hmm we're big texture boys when it comes to tunes and to gummies at Halloween. And uh, yeah, we, we talked about this last year. The importance of the, the firmness of the yeah. gummy is vital. Uh, yeah. And this is, and this is where we, we got, we've gotten into various disagreements right. with different people about what's, what's better, the Sour Patch Kids or Scandinavian the, Swimmers, the, the Sour Scandinavian Swimmers from Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. which I also really like, but yeah. I think the the size of the Sour Patch Kids are yeah. perfect, and Scandinavian swimmers they're they're larger. And that, I mean, Big I'm boys. not gonna I'm not gonna like turn away a Scandinavian swimmer, but <laughs> I just I just like the idea of being able to throw a bunch of chewy boys in. I'll throw them in. Throw them in. Speaking but, of chewy boys, yeah, I will say this raspberry zombie varietal really doing the trick. Very yeah. very tasty. The orange a little intense for me. Hmm. Pretty sweet. Raspberry, just the right amount of sour and sweet. Um, have you <laughs> I've already purchased my Halloween candy. Oh, like to give out? To give out because probably should do that. I don't want to I just I didn't want to end up with with bullshit, you know? Yeah. I looked too late last year and I did okay on the like chocolate front, but the gummy front was really picked over. So yeah, I I got one of those the big bags of I got a big bag of sour patch kids. And then a big bag of of chocolate varieties. So yeah. I feel like I wanted to, because the gummy ones, those are that's what that's what they want. Yeah, you need both for sure. You need to have both. Now, last year you were handing out beers and playing Weird Al, and it was a great old time. Do you have any plans yeah. this year? You know that, that it was my first. It wasn't my first Halloween in my house, but it was my first celebrated Halloween, right? Because, you know. COVID kind of ruined the first year. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm anticipating doing something similar. Um, you know, I didn't have as many people coming to my house last year as I, I would have liked, but um, I do remember having lots of adults commenting on my, on my Weird Al costume. Hell yeah. So uh, I bet there'll be more people this year. I hope so. I really hope so. Although it is on a Monday. Which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I know. That was 2020 was going to be like perfect. It was supposed to be on a Saturday or something. Right, right. Yeah. The world had different plans. Yeah. Do you have the ultimate trick? (laughs) Do you have uh, a costume costume ideas planned out? Are you 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 doing anything? The kids are throwing a lot around a lot of different potential family costume ideas. Mm hmm. Uh, Elliot is very into Harry Potter these days, so he's pushing for an all Harry uh, experience. Um, 
but I feel like that changed recently. I don't know. I possibly Harry Potter. I think Star Wars was maybe on the menu for a minute there. We'll see what happens. I mean, you, you've done Star Wars in the past, right? We did do Star Wars last year as well. Um, oh no, Batman. I think that's what, yeah. Milo wants to be Batman. He wants me to be Robin. Elliot wants to be the Joker. Uh, Jenny's going to be Catwoman or Batgirl. I think that's the plan. <laughs> you should Don't be... you love me as a giant Robin walking around? <laughs> you should be like Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> everybody's everybody's favorite uh, halloween costume <laughs> yeah just throwing like a white mustache or whatever and <laughs> say we don't even know what we're dealing with here that kind of stuff yeah i haven't i haven't locked down I'm trying to come up with a costume a joint costume idea but um been throwing around um wayne and garth mm. um throwing around some bill and ted yeah but yeah i just would want it to be something that would be recognizable and most importantly isn't lame like when you look up like a couple costume ideas Mm. they're always so stupid yeah i mean they also require like some sort of level of time and creativity and materials (laughs) i'm like i'm not gonna that's bullshit i'm not gonna do any of this um I mean, this could be a year to revive your Weird Al costume because, you know, the movie Weird in the news, Weird Al and Madonna, the the big uh, couple in that movie, right? That's (laughs) Kristen Wannabe Madonna. I mean, and speaking of Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe in there. That's right. Yeah, might be might might be not a bad idea to bring it back. Still got plenty of um, fake mustaches and (laughs) (laughs) it's important to always have those on hand. Yeah. So. Well, well, I'll give it some thought. Still got, still got a good month before yeah. you make a decision. So, we'll share some picks. Uh, they'll never top uh, you as Alf and Brian as, or was Brian Alf and you were somebody else? <laughs> Brian was Brian was Alf and I was a mouse. Like, right, right, the right. biggest swing and a miss of a costume. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I it, it was probably one of those things where I don't know when kids argue for something. Like, I don't know, maybe I wanted to be a mouse or maybe it was just like something my mom picked out or something. Right. But being a cat would have been the best companion costume for that ever. Mm, but... Right. Because he would try to eat you. Exactly. You'd run away. Yep. Blew it. Last opportunity. Yep. I'm never um, get it back. I'm fully going to eat these Sour Patch Kids into the mic for the next two and a half hours or whatever. So <laughs> get ready, America. Um, well... Those are some solid treats we have with us. Yes. We'll uh, we'll share with you in future episodes what other goodies we'll find. But if you have recommendations of, oh, look at that bat. God, I want to eat it and play with it. and It looks yeah, really man. good. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> um, yes, if you out there listeners have particular recommendations for seasonal Halloween candy or drinks or beers or what have you, you let us know. But before we get to future installments, Yes. I have a pretty important question to ask for this week, Andrew. Ooh. And it's a question we haven't gotten to ask all year long Ooh. this season on MagPod. I'm listening. The question is, would you like to play a game? There's nothing in my life <laughs> that I would love more 
<laughs> than to play a spooky Halloween game with you. Hell yeah. Now, we were talking off pod, and it wasn't for lack of effort, <laughs> but we used to do, you know, very elaborate multiple choice games that we would do from scratch. Right. Quite often. And it was fun, but it is like, it's a, a tricky balance of being like, are these questions challenging? Are they too challenging? Is this like even interesting? Yeah, <laughs> and at a certain point, I was like, I don't think any of this is even going to be like fun to listen to. We 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 plumbed some Halloween depths with our quizzes last year. We sure did. This year, I was trying to get into some ghost stuff, so I was like looking up all these ghost facts, famous ghosts, and I was just like, Andrew doesn't care like about who saw what presidential ghost in the Lincoln bedroom. Like that sucks. <laughs> like I want this to be scary. So I'm still gonna I'm still gonna think on some possible ghost quizzes for the future. Uh, and again, Meg Podnash, if you have um, if you have quizzes you want to put together for us and send in, you know, you you go for it, um, or, or suggestions or what have you. But in the meantime, I found a couple of existing quizzes mm. by BuzzFeed, which is maybe a little different than how we normally do things. We're not going to have the, you know, eh, and good answer, um, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, sound clips to play for the true and false, right or wrong kind of thing. But I found some hopefully fun, creepy sort of experiential quizzes we can do here. And we'll see how this goes. Uh, the first one is called, Our New AR Technology Will Make the Ghost Who's Haunting You Actually Appear in Your Room. <laughs> Which I believe is bullshit. Um, sure. But <laughs> are you ready to learn about the ghost who might be haunting your house yes i'm ready to augment my reality and have a ghost appear in my house i don't know exactly how that works how the ar comes into the, the picture here i don't know if they're being cheeky or if there's actually some sort of augmented reality uh something we can put into play here but i feel like i feel like uh uh buzzfeed quizzes are just it's just like a combination of various seo yeah, uh, I think terms so. that they just throw together and it's just all nonsense. I think probably that's true. This one says, identify the supernatural presences around you using our AR paranormal detection detection technology. Warning, if you have trouble sleeping or have an extreme paranoia about inviting evil spirits into your home, proceed with caution. So, you know, are you, are you good with that? Uh, I mean... <laughs> If my house, if my honestly, if my house were haunted, that'd be kind of dope because living living alone is yeah. kind of old. So I, if there is some sort of ghost in my house, hey, let me let me know, bro. And yeah. you know, let's hang. It's like any of these fuckers ever like <laughs> blast out of the fucking walls and. <laughs> no, they don't. No, okay. Um, yeah, this, interesting. This... The ghosts. <laughs> This is the this is the adults tour. This is the 18 plus BuzzFeed <laughs> it's, quiz. It's not for kids. <laughs> right. I can say anything. Um, there's, no, there's no rules against swearing. <laughs> um awesome. well, yeah, maybe this ghost just wants to chill with you and you'll find yeah. out. And maybe it's like, hey, you got Goldeneye or you wanna get a pizza? Ooh, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, okay, this says many of us have inexplicable experiences like seeing shadows out of the corner of our eye or sensing a menacing spirit in an in an old building or attic. Mm. 
Just answer a few simple questions and BuzzFeed Labs' new paranormal detection technology will detect the energy and field fluctuations to identify the real-life spirits that haunt you. Mm. Once we've identified your ghost, you can summon them into your room using AR and be sure to turn the sound on so you can hear what they have to say. I don't know if this is real or not. Whatever. Uh, first things first, do you believe in the paranormal? A, I am very skeptical of the paranormal. B, I like to keep an open mind. C, I've had experiences, but they're more puzzling than scary. D, I'm very in tune to the spirits around me. You know, I'm going to be earnest and take this seriously, you know. Sure. So yeah. I'm going to say um, B, you know, I, I like to keep an open mind about it. There's, right. We're going to get into some a little bit later. We're going to mm. revisit your, your infamous story. Mm. It's one of the reasons I have an open mind is because I can't can't explain it i don't understand yep. it but uh it so i'm just gonna go with be open mind i like it that's what i would say as well what i always say about ghosts or aliens or anything is like i don't not believe it you know like you know i, I believe more in aliens i'm more inclined to believe that aliens are real uh yeah. than than ghosts necessarily but i don't well, we know ufos are real now and nobody cares so well, you know, it, Tom DeLong. you know, Tom DeLong's been, you know, been right. This, banging this time. a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. If you have had a paranormal experience, what was it like? A, I've seen shadows in the corner of my eye and felt an unsettling presence around me. B, I occasionally wake in the middle of the night, glued to the bed with the covers pulled down. C, now that you mention it, I've noticed cold spots around my home. D, no, but my cat seems possessed by some kind of demonic dark matter. Or E, I've only felt the light of the presence of God. <laughs> this is a weird quiz. Woof. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If, can you answer any of this? I'm just going to, I think the closest one would be D, you know, that no, okay. I haven't, I haven't felt anything. Yeah. Um, I have plenty of, I know plenty of people who would say that they've experienced something, but not having experienced anything firsthand, I can't, yeah. I'm not going to use someone else's experience. So fair. You know you've been having trouble sleeping. What's keeping you up at night? A. Oh, man. Where do I begin? <laughs> I think I know how you're going to answer this one. <laughs> um, A. Reading serial killer Wikipedia pages before bed. B. Traumatic events of my past. C. Existential dread. <laughs> D. Something embarrassing I did like 10 years ago. Or E. I haven't had any issues falling or staying asleep recently. I mean, there's not a, like an all of the above. I was gonna say. I mean, is this kind of uh, A through D? I guess, but you know, I'm I I'm, would have to say probably it's a toss up between traumatic events of my past and existential mm -hmm. dread. But I yeah. probably gotta go existential dread. My answer as well. <laughs> um, you sometimes hear strange noises coming from a your house, like in the walls, ceiling, plumbing, or staircase. B technology, like through Alexa or your phone. C, places you visit on occasion, like school, work, your parents' house, the woods, or your cabin. Or D, I don't really hear strange noises. I don't, I don't hear strange noises. I've, have, right, you had, have, have you had a strange noise experience? No, I don't think so. Um, the only strange noises I, I, I experience are uh, various intrusive thoughts. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> right. Um, you would absolutely not stay in an Airbnb if there were... A, an oddly shaped dark blob on the floor that looks like a dead body stain. B, a scrawled message in the guest book, something happened here in what looks to be blood. 
C, a tape in the VCR in the kids' room featuring bathroom surveillance footage from 1986. D, a receipt in the junk drawer for a, quote, spiritual cleansing and blessing service. Uh, or E, a decrepit old neighbor who tells you the building was once an abandoned Victorian orphanage. So I guess you have to choose which one of those is the worst for you. Um, I mean, I've got to say the tape in the VCR is, is it's pretty bad. Probably the creepiest. I mean, of course, if there was some dead body stain, I would turn around and walk out as well. But sure. I think objectively, uh, bathroom surveillance video is... <laughs> it's not a good phrase. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. Especially <laughs> like in the kids' room or something like yeah, that. And just, yeah, not good. All, just that combination of, of words and phrases is just an all, all-around bummer. Agreed. Uh, what's the temperature of the room you're in right now? A, warm and musty. B, a little chilly. C, uncomfortably cold, or D, I don't know, it's like room temperature? I'd say, you know, it's getting fall in Minnesota. I'd say I'm in my basement. It's a little chilling. All right. If it were, if this were like a couple weeks ago, I definitely would have said like a little musty. (laughs) That's usually your answer. Warm and musty down there. Um, I'm always saying it's warm and musty down there. (laughs) That's true. Okay. You've come this far, but it's not too late to leave. Oh, shit. If you're feeling uneasy or scared, we understand. What do you want to do? Leave or proceed? John, <laughs> with with the strength of you by mm. my side, mm-hmm. we shall proceed. All right, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Okay. Your ghost, named Emily, has materialized. Mm. Now it's time for you two to get to know each other. Okay. Emily is 12. Her don't quote like, is... Don't love that. <laughs> no. Daddy? Nope. <laughs> How did I die? Murdered in cold blood? Um, have you noticed me? I'm that uneasy feeling you get right before you fall asleep. Um, so that's great. And then it says summon ghost into your room. So I'm going to go ahead and click on that. Okay. Uh, oh, open the camera on your smartphone and scan this code. Hang with us listeners as we take these terrifying next steps. Ooh, I'm ready. I want to see Emily. Oh, I see somebody crawling around. This isn't quite the like experience I have to be. Uh, anyway, this person's crawling around. I'll send you this link later. Maybe you can see Emily. Um, a terrifying conclusion. Emily, a... daddy's here. You don't need to be afraid anymore. <laughs> Come crawl to me. Um, all right. Well, I'd say that was a mixed result as far as the <laughs> quiz goes. I also have a, a choose your own adventure. Do we want to do that? Or should Ooh. we save that for another time? Let's, cho- let's choose our own adventure. Okay. We got to, let's redeem ourselves with... Uh... <laughs> Uh, right. something that's not augmented reality yeah sorry uh okay uh so this one um by austin alley at buzzfeed is called most people can't make it through this choose your own adventure horror story can Bullshit. you <laughs> um all right you're walking through the woods at night and everything's pitch black except for the flashlight on your phone before you there's a path that leads you deeper into the woods where your friend's cabin awaits you've been there before but never at nighttime do you keep walking or call your friend keep walking bro brave man you decide to keep walking it's like one of those point and click adventures the faster you get to the cabin the better as you walk you listen to the sound of the crickets and the wind rustling through the trees you get to a fork in the path and can't quite remember which way to go do you go right or go left always go hard left (laughs) all right you decide to go left you're pretty sure this is the right way but as you're walking around things are getting less and less familiar 
Just when you're about to turn around, you hear something following you along the path, so you decide to pick up your speed. The path leads to a clearing, and you see two cabins. One of them is painted baby pink, and the other looks very old and worn. Through the windows of both cabins, you can see light, which means they're both occupied. Maybe one of them has a landline can use, or at the very least can give me directions, you think. At any rate, you want to get off the path and out of the woods for a bit. Even if the thing following you was just in your imagination, you're still a little spooked. Do you go to the pink cabin or go to the old cabin? I'll go to the old cabin. I'm not going to some weird-ass pink cabin. Hell yeah. Take your chances with the ghosts. You decide to knock on the door of the older cabin. There's no answer, so you decide to knock one more time. From the other side of the door, you hear the sound of footsteps and a heavy sigh. An old man in a worn-down flannel answers the door. What do you want? He asks. I, um, I was hoping I could use your landline. Don't have one. Go away, he says, peeking around the door suspiciously. You respond, please let me come in, or sorry for bothering you. Uh, please let me come in. Please let me come in, just for a moment. I'm really freaked out, you say. The old man sighs and opens his door for you to enter. Fine, suit yourself, come on in. But whatever you do, don't look up, he says. And you follow him into his home. Inside, you see from the corner of your eyes that everything is shambles, but you do as the man said and keep your eyes on the floor. You fight the urge to peek. What could possibly be up there that he doesn't want me to see, you think? The old man leads you to a table covered in dirty dishes and gestures for you to sit. Do you think I could have a glass of water, you ask, noticing how dry your mouth is? No, the old man says with a glare. You respond, please, or okay. Um, I'm going to say please, because this guy okay. seems like a pushover. He already let me inside his house with like, <laughs> like very little pushback. Uh, this guy's all talk. Uh, please, I'm begging you. I'm dehydrated, you say. With another sigh, the old man stands and says, fine, but like I said, don't go looking up while I'm gone or you'll regret it. He disappears into the kitchen and you're left all by yourself. You feel your eyes begin to drift upward, but you stop yourself unless look up or don't look. Which one? I'm going to say I don't look. All right. You decide to keep your eyes down. This is like three paragraphs. And when the man returns with your glass of water, you feel proud of your self-control. The man watches as you take a big gulp, and it feels good going down your throat. Uh, so she said, but wait, why does it taste so funny? You look down into the cup, and to your horror, discover a thick, fuzzy algae coating the bottom. You spit out the water, but you know it's too late. It's already in your stomach. You can feel whatever it is moving around in there. What is this? You scream at the old man, but he doesn't answer. He just stands there looking at you. A, sky, a sigh escapes his lips, and he crumbles to the floor like a pile of clothes, as if his bones just disappeared. You watch as tiny green spores start to pour from his orifices like spiders, and that's when you finally look up. Covering the entire ceiling is more of the algae, only this stuff is pulsing as if it were living and breathing, and as you look up, the algae begins to shower spores on you, and they fall into your eyes and mouth. You try to spit them out, but they're multiplying by the second until you feel them running down your throat. You try to scream, but the algae is taking over faster and faster. All you can see is green spores filling up your eyes, and that's when everything goes dark. The end. <laughs> Uh, it says, uh-oh, looks like you didn't survive this horror story. Are you brave enough to try again? Um, so anyway. <laughs> um, so, so I'm dead. Yeah, you're dead. Uh, BuzzFeed, <laughs> maybe not the way to have gone, but, uh, you know, it was a different <laughs> different kind of quiz for us this week. Um, we'll be back with some original Magpod <laughs> quizzes in the future. <laughs> but, you know, an interesting foray uh, down a different path. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't have chosen the, the left path. I guess. You got hard right and like Mitch McConnell's there? What what happens? Yeah, Mitch McConnell's there. He 
I the most terrifying answer of all. I, I try and go inside and he's like, <laughs> this is my turtle shell. Can't come inside. <laughs> Take that, Mitch McConnell. Um, well, that was still enjoyable. Yes. Even if it wasn't up to, I mean, I'm not the quiz master. We all know that. You're the quiz master. I'm the guy who famously couldn't remember the contents of a wallet, which <laughs> Magpod Nation wouldn't let me forget. I'm an idiot. Um, but uh, we'll we'll have some good quizzes in the future. Yeah, we'll we'll get back. We'll get back on our our quiz bullshit. Like um, these are we're just getting our sea legs again with these quizzes. Okay, we got to warm up. So, John, those were some not real uh, ghost experiences choose your own adventure experiences Mm -hmm. um but as we've referenced already on this episode and on uh, previous episodes you have had a a phenomenon that you've experienced that Mm. uh is probably one of the most terrifying things i've heard that somebody (laughs) i know experience and Mm. you know I, i feel like this is the season to revisit the classic tale mm. of the hat man. Gather around children. <laughs> Submitted for the approval of the Magnite Society. I call this tale the hat man in Minneapolis. Um, yeah, I think this is the third time, the third time I've <laughs> told this story on the pod. Yeah. But the third time's the charm. Yes. Um, Almost exactly 20 years ago, this occurred. It was the summer of 2002, probably August. So, you know, I should have gotten up there for the 20th anniversary, but it's still pretty close to that time. I bet he's That's true. honoring the time period, maybe hanging out up there and waiting for me to show up. Um, but I was in college. It was uh, summer between my freshman and sophomore year. I was dating a girl named Susanna at the time. And we were going for a late night walk. She, um, well, I don't guess I don't need to give specifics, but she, she lived in Minneapolis um, near a very big park. And at the edge of the park was a street, fairly busy street, and it's on a hill. So her block was, you know, toward the end of this hill. Um, and from the end of her corner, you could see up to the top. Um, and there are streetlights lining the street all the way down the hill. So I don't know. It's pretty late. It's probably past midnight. We're in college. We don't have anything to do. So it wasn't unusual for us to go on a late night stroll. Nobody else is really around. Um, and up at that top of the hill, we see a figure and it's clear immediately that the figure is walking jauntily and it's clear that he's wearing a top hat a cape and is walking with a cane and so i see this and like i said it's like it's a fairly busy area it wouldn't be that unusual to see somebody out at that hour and even the like garb the person had on, I was like, maybe it's a uh, somebody coming from a 
a costume party or a party of some kind. You know, there's a lot of theaters in Minneapolis. Maybe this is like an actor coming home. You know, they're just strolling along home in that thespian manner. Um, so I, I was like, well, that's a little odd, but not like super weird. Um, but as he continues moving down the hill, it's just something that feels off. It's like it's too jaunty. He's sort of um, walking with a pep in his step. Um, Kane is really doing some work as he's walking. And I was like, oh, this, uh, this strange gentleman will be an interesting encounter if we have to walk past him. But I'm not going to share with Susanna that I feel frightened by this man because that would be uh, not a good uh, vibe to set. So I was just like projecting confidence, like, oh, whatever, this guy's fine. If we pass him, it'll be fine. Any like concern I have, I'm sure, is just, you know me in my head and he starts moving in and out of these street lights so he's in the shadow for part of the time and then illuminated but the weird thing is that when he walks into the light he's a solid black figure it looks like just a silhouette and at first i didn't think that was that odd either because he was really far away we couldn't really see very well but just this combination of things started feeling like this feels weird and then comes the weirdest part which is the intervals at which he was moving did not reflect the human walking standards it was like he suddenly was skipping multiple feet at a time in sort of that um, you know strobe effect way where suddenly he was moving ahead in like these start and stop uh jumps that did not appear normal at all and I feel like at that point I kind of like couldn't not acknowledge what was happening but before I could say anything Susanna was like I'm getting freaked out and that was the first time that at this point you could have assumed like oh it's just me saying this but you had not mentioned it and she independently Correct. Apart from you also yeah. acknowledged that this was happening. Yeah, there was like no question to me that she was seeing it, but I felt that if I had called attention to it, she would have gotten scared. But yes, her acknowledging seeing the exact same thing that I was seeing was like a clue to be like, yeah, maybe we should stop. I don't know, what do you think? Get the fuck out of here? Or? <laughs> yeah, leisurely walking toward this guy. Um so he's the, the the movement and, and granted he was pretty far away when he started so it was taking a little while even with his movements like this and for us to kind of process the way he was moving um but he started getting a lot quicker and coming closer and closer to us and i just said let's run and so we booked it around the corner down the block back to her house and as we were turning and starting to run he got really close um, and clearly moving in a way that at that point was just like gliding, like not moving in a human way, getting too close for some sort of normal person to get, have gotten that quickly. So we both turn and neither of us look back and I'm just like expecting this guy to like get us. Um, so we booked it to her house. We ran inside, we shut the door. And even then I was like, well, he's gotta be like at the door. He's gonna try to get in but we didn't hear anything. And 
we ran upstairs. I don't even think we looked out the, the window or the door. And she was really scared. I mean, I was too, but I was more just kind of trying to process what was happening. I think she was like, you know, crying or just really freaking out. And she was, she is the daughter of a, an Episcopal priest. And so she's like, let's pray. And I was like, okay, well, praying seems like a little, a little much. I don't know that we need to do that, but to comfort her, I did just kind of said like, you know, God, keep us safe. Let this thing go away. Pray that we don't see this anymore. That we'll all be okay. Something like that. And we were like upstairs at that point in this room where there were windows all around. And I was like expecting him to like pop up in the window or something, but didn't see anything else after that. And over the years, she and I would occasionally be like, hey, remember when we fucking saw that thing? That was wild, right? And I was like, yeah. And we would sort of explain it to people, but nobody really understood what we were saying. And granted, again, this was 20 years ago. The internet was still like somewhat in its infancy. And it was like, kind of, I've told the story like several years at that point, but I had not really ever like Googled anything about it because I didn't even think to do that. So at a certain point, several years after, I looked online and sort of typed in like, you know, silhouetted shadow man, top hat cape, and the hat man like instantaneously came up. All these results for it, all these like image results that were like, yep, that's what I saw. <laughs> um, and the hat man, uh, I learned about shadow people and the hat man simultaneously, which is shadow people is a phenomenon a lot of people experience. It's often something people see um combined with sleep paralysis so usually it's right. like you see them in your room which i'm glad i never saw in my room they're often like sitting on you or you feel like a weight um or you feel like you can't get up once you see them um and they don't usually appear like outside and they don't usually appear with other people around um but this hat man specifically is like a version of shadow people that's like always malevolent and the sort of theories about what this is is like some sort of whatever you want to call it like demon or interdimensional being or like somebody that belongs to like a different reality who is able to kind of come into our reality but that seems to do it to mess with people specifically like with ghosts it's often like Oh, they weren't actually trying to harm you or, you know, they have unfinished business. It's like with, with shadow people with the hat man specifically, it seems to be like, no, they're there to like mess with you, which was in keeping with what our experience. Um, but almost always seeing him seems to portend some bad fate for the person who sees them. It's usually associated with death or something where somebody would die shortly thereafter or like would signify something bad happening in the person's life. And this is where it's kind of odd because like I've said, I didn't really experience anything too alarming. Although both she and I, both sets of our parents got divorced within the next year or two. So maybe that's that her brother did die, but that was years later. So maybe it was one of those things. Maybe it's nothing. Um, I've sort of, made my peace with like, I don't know what it was or why I saw it, but I know that I saw it. 
and I haven't seen him since. Uh, thank God, I don't ever want to. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a unique experience. The only time I've experienced something like that, and I don't know. I I, I still don't know exactly why we saw him. I'm intrigued to hear if other people ever see something like that. You might have to get your mom on the pod because I know she's talked about shadow people. Yes, she has mentioned that to me. You know, having heard this story <laughs> many times now, mm-hmm. um, for people who don't know us, they could be they like, I don't know, they might be able to dismiss it. But like knowing you and knowing who you are and knowing... Mm-hmm. The consistency of of the story that I've heard time and time again, and the details mm. all being the same, like if if I had a friend say to me, "Oh, I had this weird experience," and they explained it to me, I'd be like, "That's really weird and messed up." Uh, but the fact that the corroboration of another person there right. is what it always sticks. That is what right. sticks with me. Right. Another person experiencing the exact same phenomenon. Yeah. in a way that's like not something that you could easily just be like oh you were asleep and it was a dream right. yeah, or whatever exactly. it's we like outside you're outside and and it wasn't like oh this was a far away maybe it was just a weird light situation it's like light doesn't work like this right you know? and yeah and yeah the, 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 fact- the specifics of all of the accoutrement and like all the cape and the top hat and the cane like that's a very specific image that's not something that just some random lights could make up you know (laughs) right right yeah and the fact that like immediately when we got inside she was like did you see how he was moving because i feel like everything else could have sort of been like and that's kind of what i was even believing at that point up until like I was processing it later, being like, no, that was maybe not just a guy. But at that point, I kind of thought it was just a guy in a Victorian costume running at us, which alone would be reason to run home and be scared. But at that point, I was kind of like, that's just what it was. And I, you know, I was scared and we should have run away. We should have done that. But when she was like, did you see I was moving? I was like, oh, shit. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, something was not, not correct about this. Right. So, yeah, I don't know if it's like, does he always target people do these things like you know it's like 1 30 or maybe not that late but it was it was past midnight maybe these guys show up late at night just kind of stroll around and people happen to cross their paths uh but have you ever looked into maybe the history of that area to like determine if there's any weird connection or history of like a you know something sketchy but okay so even the part where you're saying like oh you know if it was just a dude in a uh top hat and and a cane or whatever and moving weird that that alone is kind of Mm -hmm. creepy and bizarre but and then you get to the whole moving thing which is its its own thing and and that's creepy and and terrifying but also again talking about how light works a shadow moving into light and still being a yeah. silhouetted thing is like also not how light works. So no. that that to me is just another thing where I'm like, which is why I said in that other the, that little quiz thing, it's like I have an open mind because I don't understand that. And is right. there a, an explanation for this that exists? 
probably but like yeah. i can't make sense of any of these details in a way that's like uh under that that like nature can necessarily explain because it just it's just yeah. so fucking weird yeah i don't know i i i should do more research like i said it's next to a giant park that people would know um so maybe i should do some further investigation but this is a good tease to say yeah you know i no longer live near there uh but you kind of do so i do we might need to visit this intersection and find out what we could find out uh this season on magnified pod yeah i think a visit to this area maybe because you can't make it back unfortunately this time of year yeah. uh to hang and go to that spot but um my brother mm-hmm. brian has uh volu- pretty close to there has volunteered and it also seems reasonable to have two people there not just for you know right safety and and, right. and you know but also like the, the the verification if there's like any creepy things going on like right um, and so this is this is another point. I want to make a, another final point that I haven't really thought about before. So, you know, let's say my brother and I go and we go to this area and, you know, I feel like some people might be like, oh, you you guys were going there with the intention of trying to find something creepy. Right. You guys weren't looking for something creepy. No, you were not almost like seeking out something do we want to like open ourselves up to like inviting him to mess with us? Cause I'm like, I don't ever want to see this guy again. So there's part of me that's like, ah, let's leave it alone. He's like, Oh, you want to meet me? Huh? All right. <laughs> Here I come. Well, um, yeah. I don't well, know. I, I want to see, I wonder if there's anybody else in that area who, uh, seen him, who's seen him. Maybe we should, uh, get on the, that, um, some of those Minneapolis, uh facebook the boards or, yeah. or reddit or something and ghost see boards if, yeah the ghost board and see if anybody in the area has ever experienced something like that i like it i'll do some research and report back about my findings and hopefully you guys will get a, a field segment in here pretty soon yeah that's all i got for spooky content this week yes should we and go ahead yeah yeah i think uh yeah i think we should maybe get into a little little neon horse Get out so. our spooky cowboy boots and hell yeah, and ride uh right into the right into the sunset. That's right. You know, maybe huh. I'll get I'll get I'll get my Emily ghost and I'll be like Daddy's home. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna be like getting on the sonnet horse and telling the hat man to get the fuck out of here and leave me alone. <laughs> um, so let's do it. <laughs> when we come back, we will discuss neon horses. Haunted Horse, Songs of Love, Defiance, and Delusion. Yeah. Hey, John. Hey. Have you heard of Small Step Records? You know, the name is familiar, but but tell me more. Well, Small Step Records is a faith-based DIY record label with Mm -hmm. bands that are melodic punk, pop punk, easy core, emo, and ska. And they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming services you should check them out andrew not only that they are magpod's first official sponsor oh really 
Starburst's got nothing on these guys. All mm. right. These guys are the real deal. Uh, the tagline is love God, love others, listen to pop punk. You can go to smallstuprecords.com, check out the cool records and merch and bands they have, and we will be, through their generosity, offering some giveaways in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these Small Step Bands records. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, John, unlike some record labels, which may have come up over the course of the podcast, the artists on Small Step always keep 100% of the rights and ownership of their music. Yes. So any money that goes to Small Step goes directly back into supporting the bands. This is a label with integrity. So you love to see it. Love to see it. Small Step. Check them out. Smallsteprecords.com. Hi, my name is Stephen Long, and I host a show here on Rock Candy called Sacred Tension. It's about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. If you find yourself uncomfortable in your faith, or if you find yourself caught between modern science and ancient religion, or if you're curious about the journeys of others who are sorting out faith and doubt, Sacred Tension is a place where nothing is off limits. You will find conversations with pastors, cult experts, spiritual leaders, and skeptics, all discussing the ways we navigate the faiths we were given. Find Sacred Tension right here on Rock Candy and wherever you listen to podcasts. We're back. Talking Neon Horse, talking Haunted Horse, Songs of Love, Defiance delusion yes now last year when we were plowing through these spooky christian bands most of which we were pretty unfamiliar with i was like well that that's got to be all of them but this year (laughs) (laughs) we were able to find more um there's a i i I love that there's a whole sort of like horror slash spooky christian alternative subgenre it really makes me happy um and Neon Horse is an interesting addition to that mix. I don't know that you would necessarily call it like they, they're not horror rock. They're not like super in your face with scariness, but they're certainly they're spooky. They're uh they're theatrical, right? They're like Yeah, I would say theatrical for sure. Yeah. Definitely some sort of glam rock influence, sort of dirty hard rock 70s rock influence um but on this album a lot of a lot of synths too which yeah you know your boy is here for lots um, of lots of guitar riffage yes and what i can only imagine is uh face paint and duster coats you know 100 that's, that's, that's kind of the vibe <laughs> i get for for this this band yeah they're, they're an interesting one because they are sort of known as a super group as we said mark solomon of Stazeacre seems to kind of be the main dude behind this band he went by the name norman horse <laughs> indian horse <laughs> and publicly the only credits they ever gave were norman horse and neon horse and it didn't take people too long to figure out i mean mark solomon's got a pretty distinct voice um and it didn't take, take people too long to figure out. Uh, it was really Mark Solomon and Jason Martin who were kind of the two driving forces of the band. Seemed to have been the the songwriters uh, on the songs. 
And so we got Mark on, uh, sorry, Norman Horace on vocals, um, Jason on guitar and background vocals, and then uh, Stephen Dale uh, of Project 86, who had also played with Starflyer on bass. And those seem to be the three sort of consistent members. Um, for this record, possibly Ronnie Martin, in quotes, <laughs> on keys. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, a suspected member, um, at least on this record. Alex Albert of Project 86 also was suspected of playing drums on the albums. Uh, and there were additional members who were suspected but never confirmed. And they didn't play live very much. Um, and when they did, I don't think Ronnie was there. I think it was maybe even before this album. Um, but this is one of two spooky side project collabs between Mark and Jason. Um, the other being White Lighter. Um, and White Lighter had one self-titled album that came out after Neon Horse seemed to have uh, folded. Um, but yeah, they were kind of this mystery band. They're a super group, but they were built as sort of a virtual band, kind of like gorillas where yeah. didn't grow a lot of vibes. Yeah, definitely grew of vibes. A lot of their art is just sort of cartoon designed characters, right? Never showed their true faces in photos. Um, they never officially released who was actually in the band. Um, but the art and design are by Ryan Clark of Demon Hunter, um, who Jason mentioned uh, on our last episode right. as doing the logo for the Dead Alive book. Um, so we know he has that design background. Um, and Ryan also in another spooky Jason Martin side project called Lo and Behold, which we may or may not get to this month. Um, but he kind of designed these cartoon characters, which you can see on the covers of both albums, on the, on the cover of their first self-titled record. There's three guys who I think are those three main guys. And Norman Horse, a.k.a. Mark Solomon, is kind of the main figure. And he sort of dressed like that in their photo shoots and videos and live and stuff. Um, See the he, hat man? He might be the hat man. What if it was Mark Solomon this whole time? <laughs> um, he kind of looked like that, honestly. Tall dude, big hat. Um, but, you know, it, Mark Solomon already has very like theatrical vocals. But this is really pushing the theatrics. He kind of has yeah, like three different approaches here. He's got the like big vibrato and then like the higher up scratchy. And then he does like some sing talking too. Um, and the sing talking kind of gives me like butthole surfers vibes occasionally, <laughs> that kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, he just he, he dressed up in a hat, wig, makeup. He did like big black circles around his eyes. Um, makes me want to do Save Zaker, honestly, is my main takeaway. I'm like, know. he's such an interesting dude. We've been talking about how and when to do Dave Zaker on the pod. I feel like we've um, been talking about that from like since the beginning. start of the pod. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sometime we're gonna have to do it because he's too interesting a he's songwriter too interesting. to not talk he's about. He's too influential. Yeah. I mean, from the crucified to Dave mm -hmm. Zaker to this. Yeah. Uh, he just seems like, and I mean, a writer. He just seems like a really fascinating dude. For sure. Um, on the pod. Yeah. Yes, but we've talked about the. The book that he wrote, just kind of like an honest account of his time in the Christian rock world. He's a good Twitter follow, just like a super interesting dude. Would love to talk to him. Um, but uh, as Neon Horse, they released two albums. Uh, I like both of the records. The self-titled was released in 2007 on Tooth and Nail. And that album has the song Cuckoo, which is probably the most well-known song of theirs. Um, and then the record we're talking about this week came out in 2009, Haunted Horse. Um, and then after that, they seem to have called it quits. But 
I don't know. I really like both of their records, but I definitely prefer this one. I don't know if you got to listen to much of the other one, but the first album really leans more into kind of hard rock vibe. Mm. Um, and this one much spookier, uh, which is why we did it for this month yeah. and a lot more synths on this one. Um, this is where Ronnie was supposedly playing here, um, which that really makes a difference for me. I feel like a lot of these songs, the synths are really what take it up to another level for me. Um, but all around just a great vibe, like spooky, theatrical, a little bit of maybe Oingo Boingo, another band, kind of like glam rock adjacent, but sort of, you know, theatrical songwriting and driven by these big, dirty electric power chords, um, dips into that hard rock element sometimes. But I don't know. It's I, I didn't know about them until the season. Um, multiple people asked us to do them, and I'm glad we got to fit them in on this month um yeah what do you think i'd never i don't think i'd ever heard of them until yeah um more recently um i was trying to think like what kind of vibe i was what i was getting there's like some songs that give me sort of almost like franz ferdinand kind yeah, of i could see that mm -hmm. sort of like like a like a dance pop or yeah. like a you know european kind of mm -hmm. art rock kind of kind yeah. of thing going on there i'm surprised at at you know that i i enjoy this as much as i do <laughs> yeah um, because, i wasn't sure what you'd think because it, it this isn't wouldn't be typically my vibe but right. you know i think on the strength of both mark solomon and jason martin yeah. um and i, I think mark goes for it he yes. <laughs> really just goes for it and i just have to give him all of the credit for yes. just absolutely leaning into the character and just being and and just going for it 100 <laughs> percent. i was as i mentioned kind of near the top of the show that the the trademark jasonisms that are on this like mm -hmm starting out with you know the little with little like a little drum fill or like a little mm. drum hit um yeah. and then the guitar riffs that are very quintessential yes. kind of starflyer jason uh mm. style that i'm really into um yeah. and i think they're they're good they're a good mix of spooky and uh art arty and over the top and mm -hmm. and yeah. it's, it's a good side project i'm not sure how much you could milk this project for right like how much how much you know juice you could get out of something like this but you know right i think uh if these two guys are have anything to say about it they're both extremely prolific and yes um they could do whatever they want and keep keep doing stuff and i'm sure people would be still listening and be very interested no matter what they're doing yeah i love that as you said they both kind of contain multitudes uh and yeah jason just so prolific not only with his own stuff but so many different side projects and different flavors and yet he doesn't know how to not write a giant hook like <laughs> built around these just killer hooks and uh, yeah this is, a, this is an interesting combination of sort of the theatrical gothy and the jason martin sort of accessible thing because these are these are fairly accessible 
pop songs to a certain extent. Nothing right. too wild. They're all pretty much like radio length songs. Um, but they are pushing some weird stuff here. And lyrically, lots to go over here. Um, it's yeah, a, I, sort of a mixed bag, which we'll get into. But Yeah, I, I feel like we haven't really had a lot of... Right. Since Pedro, haven't had a, a lot of... Yeah. theological meat to sink right. our teeth into plenty um, of meat here plenty of meat here um but yeah it's it's a short record 10 songs just you know 30 minutes long so it's right. it's a it's brief it is it's if this is your deal if you're into sort of over the top you know, gothy synthy stuff. It's a, it's real breezy. <laughs> if that's not your thing, you might not feel as as breezy. But I think it's pretty successfully packaged. Um, you know, sort of art project, like you're saying. Um, this record was released July twenty eighth, two thousand nine, on Tooth and Nail. It was produced, recorded, and mixed by the band, um, mastered by Troy Glesner, who has done a ton of stuff. And we've mentioned this season because he did uh control and the only reason i feel secure and i think it sounds great i mean there's not much jason related material that doesn't sound great but right i think really interesting sonically uh on this record and plenty of textures for your btbs here Mm -hmm. um but yeah this i mean what we were kind of referencing is every song is based on a bible passage and they include in the liner notes the bible passage that inspired each of the songs and it's an interesting (laughs) mix i mean they're often pretty harsh passages about like judgment often sin um sin and you know this is something that came up a lot when we did magnified pod last year was how successfully these spooky bands use theology as the basis for their creepy metaphors like is it that you want to write songs about zombies and werewolves and have to put a christian lens on it is it that you're using creepy stuff to express your christianity sometimes that line is sort of iffy and to use spooky stuff as a blank canvas to just be like sin and evil is kind of a bummer. Right. Um, I'd say they, they mostly do a pretty good job here with illustrating these Bible passages by sort of presenting them in a spooky way. Um, but for the most part that, that theology is still like pretty conservative and judgment focused that seems to dominate a lot of these spooky Christian bands. Yeah. There are some songs on here that I'm like, if I just ignore the right. context of the of the lyrics, I'm like, yeah, I can get down with it. But like, agreed, agreed. Once you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna just go ahead and ignore. Right. That this is trying to be like, oh man, what are you gonna choose? You're gonna choose to be a sinner, or right. you know, it's a lot about that. Yeah, you're just like, eh, I'm just gonna pretend the song's about uh, daddy. <laughs> Well, this was our whole, this was the impetus behind the werewolf reclamation project is just let werewolves be werewolves, baby. Can we just, let's have some fun. Sure. Sin. I got it. But like, not everything needs to be like, it's werewolves. So it's sin. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But there's interesting stuff here. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. But yeah, speaking of daddy, I think it's time for him to come home. Yeah. Uh, Opening track probably mickey's favorite (laughs) when daddy gets home
this rules. The hook is huge. So good. This rules, right? Yes. Yeah. It's my number two. It's, it's my number two as well. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I just that's the first thing I put is like super hooky guitar parts, like that Martin Brothers thing of just can't resist a super hooky guitar part. And then when you throw a synth in the chorus on top of that, ooh, baby. Um yeah, the guitar so sounds great. great. The uh all the background, so many layered background vocals, mm-hmm. which adds to this. The, uh, uh, this uh, just so cool layered textured mm-hmm. uh you get like this sort of chorus of monstrous kind of voices yeah yeah and it's it's quite a quite a sonic experience because you you, you talked about mark's um different approach that he takes mm-hmm. and this this sort of like low kind of thing that he's doing. Yeah. And then he's and then he's he... building in there. <laughs> <laughs> what's um, daddy doing in there? Yeah, what's when's daddy getting home? When daddy gets home. <laughs> yeah, then he gets he kind of it. gets a you know a little bit rocky horror kind of <laughs> flamboyant kind of kind yes. of situation going on. Yeah. Um here for it. Little Tim Curry. You know, mm-hmm. we're getting a little, little sexy, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but the lyrics. Yes. Lots <laughs> to pour over here. Yeah. Um, so this, this is based on Psalm 39 and the chorus is, but who are you going to believe when daddy gets home? We believe what we want to believe till the games are over. And on a surface level, I initially sort of took that to be maybe a little more about God's judgment than it it ultimately is maybe i thought it was kind of more like sure believe your your lies you want until jesus comes back and then you'll die and meet god aka daddy and then you'll have to believe or you go to hell like that's <laughs> that's kind of what i thought on an initial listen but like actually looking at psalm 39 uh it says surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom in vain they rush about heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be but now lord what do i look for my hope is in you so maybe it's more like we spend our lives chasing after meaningless things, but when we're desperate, that's when we sometimes look to God to make what's important more clear. I don't know. What's your, what's your read? Well, yeah, I, I think if you're going to evoke the, you know, just wait till your dad gets home. Right. Right. It's threatening as fuck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that the image of like, you are going to get your ass beat um, right. when the angry father comes home. Yeah. And you can be big talk and you can be whatever, you know, you, you can be these things, but I'm going to be the bigger person. Um, so you can, you know, you can be all talk, but then you're going to get, get what's coming to you. Yeah. I don't know, but it's a, it's an interesting interpretation. Right. Uh, of, of Psalm 39. Yeah. Because it just, it does strike me as a little bit threatening. Yeah, there's, I mean, you know, talking about the games being over, it's sort of like, well, that's fine. This bullshit will fly for now, but you wait. You wait until right. when daddy gets home. I don't know. I don't know. And I know some of this is probably a little tongue-in-cheek, and it's obviously very theatrical. A lot of these are almost sort of like, you know, little mini plays or rock operas or something. They're very, right. like, short story-ish in some ways. So I don't know how to take all of them exactly. It would be an interesting thing to do Stave Zaker 
one of the reasons why it would be to go through those lyrics. And I don't know, I guess, you know, it's like a lot of listeners say, they never really thought this much about the lyrics until we pour over them, which is like true for us too, for a lot of these bands. Like we're definitely going over them more in depth than I would have in the past. So I, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily have thought on the surface, like when I think about Staves Acre, I think about this kind of theology in his lyrics, but maybe maybe it's more like that than I think if we looked at it closely. I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, I do like, I do like, uh, you be the queen of Sheba. I'll be Genghis Shaka Khan. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's very, I'd I'd love to see Shaka Khan dressed up (laughs) in sort of a a Genghis Khan. Uh What do you, are Um, you, uh, are you team Genghis or Genghis? Well, he says Genghis, which I was like, does he say Genghis? He does. Is that okay. the more accurate pronunciation? That, that is the pronunciation. All right. Well, who am I to question uh, Norman Horace? He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't I did really bump pay on attention. that, though. You did? Yeah. Yeah, because I forgot, I guess. Maybe I've heard that at some point, but I'm yeah. so used to hearing Genghis. Yeah. Genghis. Uh, I hear the... Genghis all the time. <laughs> You're uh, constantly talking about Genghis Khan. Yeah, Genghis is with the wooden blocks, and Genghis is the <laughs> leader. You guys want to play some Genghis? Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. It, and like I said, stuff like that makes it feel a little more tongue in cheek to me. So I'm right. like, and calling him daddy and stuff, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's got a sort of, we're pushing this stuff in a sort of, you know, I keep saying theatrical, but like <laughs> this kind of over the top vibe. So I'm not necessarily like, oh man, I don't know how much we need to open the, well, we might need to open the box in one of these songs. Um, but it's not like, quite like that because i can kind of be like well i know you're sort of doing a thing here with this project you know what i mean as opposed to just like these are straight up my thoughts you know um right but i'll say i mean just as far as energy goes kicking off an album this way really like it the synths push a lot of these songs over the edge for me like i said and this one really does it for me so it just it feels like a great start to an album there might be stuff in it that i'm a little bit like i don't totally what we're saying here but i like it a lot as like an opening track and a statement of intent sort of yep uh i'm into it yeah um i'm into this next one too strange town my number one i'll oh, my number three okay okay i mean it had to be in the top three though yeah um yeah I, I wavered a little bit on my the order of my top three okay um but yeah there's uh 
the chorus of this song goes so hard. Uh, it's so good, man. The like, but now, and the like, yeah, shadows go one in the street lights in a strange, strange town. town. Yeah, um, so good. I mean, just another great hook off the bat. Um, cool bass line right away, but the synths in the background are really yeah. what make it for me. Where it goes in the chorus, as you're saying, made it my number one. It's so catchy. Yeah. But that warbly, spooky synth line is just so memorable. Um, this was the single, which makes sense. Um, and I think of that that sound in particular, like <laughs> in the bridge, he does this whole like now you've done it here kitty kitty <laughs> and then the synth line really gets it's time to shine can we hear the bridge at like 145 that comes together absolutely So good. Yeah, I'm such great. a sucker for that sound. <laughs> the pan um, vocals here, yeah, mm-hmm. kitty, kitty, kitty. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, rules. That's great. Um, this one had a video. I don't know if you watched the video. Yeah, but he, it's uh... <laughs> pretty much looks like uh, kind of what we what we'd expect. What we talked him. about. Yeah, yeah. You got, yeah. you got Norman Horse with skeleton hands, yep. uh, top hat, black under eye makeup, long black wig, and kind of spooky environs. I don't know. It's pretty fun. It's just him. He's just kind of mugging for the camera. There's some like sexy ladies in the background occasionally. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I love it. I, he seems like he should be like hanging out with uh, David Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> Was that his name? David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> David S. Pumpkins. Yeah, they could be buddies. Uh, Norman Horace, David S. Pumpkins, throwing a couple back. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, lyrically here, uh, based on Luke 15, Parable of the Lost Sheep, Parable mm-hmm. of the Prodigal Son, within that chapter, kind of similar terrain to when daddy gets home in one sense, in the sense of he's, you know, he's carefree, he's testing his limits in the verses. And then, you know, saying you might find where the sidewalk ends. Imagine your surprise to the land where the wild things are little lamb so far away from home. But then the chorus, like we said, it's, but no dearie in the middle of the night and how shadows grow under the streetlights in a strange town with strangers all around. How can you be found if no one knows you in a strange town? which I feel like is sort of articulating the perspective of the sort of the lost sheep, the the prodigal son sort of coming to their senses or whatever after sort of the lost being found. Right. Right. So yeah, I, there's not really anything I'd object to or bump on in this, um, but it is kind of similar in terms of like, well, you'll, you'll have your fun now, but ultimately um, you know, when it's, when it gets to the dark part of that time, you'll you'll find yourself wanting to repent, sort of. So, but I don't know. I like. It. I think it's a cool interpretation of that passage. Yeah, I, I I think you know the interpretation of taking like the parable of you know lost sheep coin and the prodigal mm-hmm. son and and making it like this sort of scare tactic. Versus right. like 
um, having them overall be stories about grace right. and right. like right. Yeah, totally. and love and like forgiveness and right. not just being like, oh, you're going to live your, you just want to live your sinner lifestyle. It's like, right. no, th- that's not what these stories are about. No. That's like you're almost missing the point entirely. Yeah. To still be hung up on like the older brother being like, but what about all the sin? Right. Exactly. Like, I told you to chill out. Yeah. Nobody like the, the, the takeaway is to not be that guy. Right. Like, but, but then you found the kill for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I guess there's value in sort of like what would be the perspective of that character mid their experience you know um and obviously it's spooky to be like uh, what if you wake up in a strange town and you're a lost sheep you know that's kind of like lends itself to the spooky vibe in an effective way i feel like but sure i'm with you though yeah um your busy little beehive <laughs> how is that Paul Lynn? <laughs> I was just going to say that. You can see the background vocals on I'm such a line. sucker for this song. This song number is my, one? this is my number one. All right, it's uh, it's not in my top three, but I like it. Yeah, this <laughs> he goes so hard <laughs> on the delivery in this song. I'm such a sucker for the pale moonlight. The rules. It's so good, and the the reverby uh, guitar is so cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. The, yeah, the synths sounds mm-hmm. so good. The yeah, it's great. Um. Uh, the tambourine on the, mm-hmm. on the on the chorus too is so good. Yeah, it rules. Everything, everything about it is is so good, with the exception of like maybe the the context of of the song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I let it's got a very creepy vibe, which is explained <laughs> thematically by the lyrics. But I just like that it's like, yeah, I mean, it starts out sleep tight tricky tickle in the middle of the night like that's i mean it's cool yeah what's that rattling around repeated over and over in the chorus and then come closer a little closer in the verses it's like it's a very sort of creepy effective yeah it's just yeah it's cool this one's kind of like slinky and dance dark the devil and the lips mm -hmm. of the abyss don't look (laughs) that rules yeah um yeah, musically, you know, it's kind of simple, um, but I like the vibe a lot. Um, you know, it doesn't ever like break open into like a completely different part of the song or something, but I like the sort of terrain that they're going over here. Um, as you alluded to, the passage this time is James 115, which is sort of about persevering under trial, you know, being tempted by evil, as you said earlier. I guess the idea is sort of like, 
giving into desire, which turns into sin, which turns into death. And these lyrics are just kind of different, different ways of being tempted. And, um, you know, the, the tempting forces telling you to come a little closer, do some evil stuff. I don't know. Is that your, is that your read? I mean, it sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> I'll dance with that devil. We'll get in that pale moonlight. Right. Um, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, follow the man. You're my favorite genre. <laughs> hey, thanks. What if you become a mama? Uh, um, impossible for a number of reasons. <laughs> this is the most objectionable lyrically. Yes. On this record. Uh, through the old days, I'd open up the box, um, open up the coffin. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Musically, I really like it. Right. <laughs> like that huge ding, 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 ding is such a like big and a glam rocky hard rocky hook chorus is so catchy that sort of just like repeated piano note and organ so great um i do want to hear the bridge in a bit um but lyrically a bummer um this one is very judgy about shaming sex workers um you know he repeats follow man or follow the man like capitalize the man uh in jesus in the chorus which is like sure i'm with you follow man or follow the man but the verses not so much um but we'll get into that can we hear first the bridge at 136 which is the real highlight of the song for me yeah That's like the most like Mark Solomon, yeah, like vocal delivery. I think we get yeah, on yeah. get on the record. It's so I can't not love that. I mean, the like when the toms come in, it's like doo, 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 and then that rising synth sound. It's like yeah. ugh, so here for it, so here for the sort of creepiness. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean Matthew six twenty four is the verse that they give here, which is the verse about no one can serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money, but I'm like, that's a weird one to pick. Like your example for serving money is to go after sex workers. Like why not yeah. billionaires? Uh, right. Why not uh, white collar criminals? Um, so I don't know. It just feels Politicians. weird. Like, yeah. Like 
war profiteers right right the most craven money grubbing person i can think of is like oh you, you have your favorite coroner and your favorite john but like what happens when this isn't so fun and i'm like that's that's not what how sex work works usually um often people are um facing desperate circumstances uh it's not like a i'm having so much fun and i'm not to say that like sex workers can't enjoy that work but like there's also varieties of, of sex yes, work yes yes it, it's it just not seems... all it's not all hanging out on in corners and you right know. yeah it's odd to be like hey why didn't you think of this yeah i know you're having fun out there on the street but like don't you miss the living water and they're like oh you're right this is i was yeah this was a goof i was having fun but like it's time to give it up i'm like what a weird what a weird judgmental way to like express <laughs> the sentiment of the verse you claim this was inspired by so yeah. i don't know i'm 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 pretty bummed out by it but i really like the song yeah <laughs> so, i don't know <laughs> yeah also the the line on your back or take a stand yeah i know it's a, it's a bummer of line which is like i guess does the double work of being like uh, if you're just laying back and you're not standing up, but it's like, obviously, what are we saying when we're saying somebody's on their back? Right. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, um, it's uh, not great. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. I just wish it was, yeah. As we've discovered so often on the podcast, uh, women seem to be the target of these sort of treatises of moral right. uh, songwriting. Uh, right. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, invoking like a gypsy out wandering on yeah, the street. Yeah, gypsy, another, like, maybe I, not say that. Maybe don't say that. <laughs> I know this was like a while ago, I guess, but a lot of the stuff we cover is from like 25 years ago. This is only from like 13 years ago or whatever. So yeah. Uh, not not a not a great, not a great look. Yeah. Still uh, a rocking song. Yes, definitely. Some folks. Oh, yeah. So dope. So good. I love everything he does vocally here. <laughs> I love both the like, oh, oh, and the like, yeah, some folks tell it. You know, like, I love the vacillating between those two things. They're both so fun. Um, killer bass line here, as you alluded to. Um, I really like that synth melody we were hearing right there um, that comes in before the second verse. Um, the guitar part 
in the verses is really cool. You know, what's, vibe. So, what's so interesting, and I don't know, I can't necessarily explain why I feel this way. I love the bass line. The drums sound great. The, uh, the punchy guitar sounds great. His vocal delivery is awesome. But like overall, like I don't really feel the song. Like, I don't really, I can't explain why I like so many parts of the song, but I, how it yeah. doesn't really do it for me, ultimately. I, I kind of have the same thing in my notes. I said, like, it's maybe not a standout, but those elements really make the song for me. Yeah. Um, it's a cool vibe. It might not be more than the sum of its parts, but I really like the parts. Um, and another I one. I can't <laughs> explain why that is. I don't, I don't know why the parts because i like pretty much all of the parts but it sure it just doesn't come together i guess i don't know yeah i think i will say no surprise i like the bridge a lot um the synth that comes in with that sort of mysterious melody in the bridge then adds that other haunting synth sound with the great melody that we just heard and when those two come together i'm like oh this is really satisfying uh at like 2 30 if we could hear that maybe Love the like two parts coming together. I guess to borrow a phrase uh, from Johnny Potts, hmm. it doesn't really like go to a next level. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's probably why I'm also like I like the elements more than the actual song. It doesn't really switch into like another mode. Um, right, but I do really like that like. Um, twinkly, ding, 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 synth, and then the that great central sort of haunting synth sound, I think is really cool. So I like that piece of it. It's it's another one where I like the vibe more than I actually like the like yep. song structure. Um, great vibes though, all around. I will say there's really only one song on this record that like I don't really is not my vibe the rest of it even if i don't love the song like it's all cool like i all i like all the the vibes on every other song um this one based on job 42 7 and uh that part of job is when um god is mad at job's friends for uh not speaking the truth about god after Job repents and and speaks about God. Um, so I guess the idea is like, you know, some folks say this, some folks say that. Like the idea of comparing of God comparing what Job said about God to what Job's friend said about God, because he kind of alludes to the like. I mean, cellophone also does this, where it's sort of like, yeah, you're just all talk sort of thing. But I don't know. I guess it's like. Some folks say this, some folks say that. That's the most I can kind of make sense of this. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, some folks say the future's bright. Some folks say the end's in sight. For Job, All right. the future wasn't looking bright for a while. It's true. Some folks say the future's bright. It sure sounds cool, though, when he says it. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, John, but <laughs> haven't sinned in years. 
I love this one. This is my number three. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is this is kind of got that um talk singing yes thing going on. Very much. Um, this is one that kind of grew on me. I don't know, it didn't necessarily stand out as my as my number three on the first couple of listens, but I was like eager to get to this one every time subsequently. I'm like, where's that one where he's just like shouting at us from the beginning? <laughs> I love this one is the most sort of theatrical and operatic. Um and he's telling this story. Um, but I just love, I love the like that. It almost sounds like vocals, like a chorus or something. I assume it's just synths, but when that comes in over the second half of the the verse or the pre-chorus, I guess you'd call it. Um, are really cool. I just love his vocal delivery on this one. Really like the vibe. Um, it's like an interesting mood from the verses where he's like, yeah, telling the story. And then I really like where it goes with the chorus where it's just so catchy. The like, the one king's never, the one king's never. Like, it's so memorable to me. Um, Got a little really uh, like Craig Finn thing going on. Yes, yes, which I love. I love, I love talk singing. I love like <laughs> charismatic singers who are just going for it and telling a weird story. Um, but yeah, this is one that I would, love to see live i mean we say that so often with these bands that we never got to see it i know they never really like toured but wouldn't this be so fun to just see him going ham and his get up prancing around the stage and screaming this it'd be so fun and i do like the switch from the kind of aggressive talk singing right verses into the harmonies of of the chorus i like yes. i really like the way the a child stands in the throne yeah. room. That that, yeah, that really the cool. harmony they do there is really cool. Yeah, I feel like it highlights this approach he's doing with this character, where it's like scary and in like an aggressive way, sort of, and then switches to like this pretty, sort of ominous way immediately. It like accentuates both sort of sides of this character in the story. Um, I love it. I love everything about it. Like you said, when it makes that shift into that different mode. I'm like, oh, interesting. If it was just one or the other, I wouldn't be as into it. Um, but this one is really interesting lyrically. Uh, the Bible passage is Luke 19, 26 to 27, which is from the parable of the 10 minas, which is one I always struggled with. I don't know. Maybe you can help me with this one. But this is where the king who people hate <laughs> leaves his kingdom and leaves the servants in charge of his money. And the one who doubles the money he gave, like gets all the reward. And the one who earned 50% on it gets half the reward. And the one who didn't spend anything because he was like too scared of what would happen, everything was taken away from him. Uh, and then those who didn't want it to be king are ordered to be executed. And Jesus is supposed to be the king in this story. Like that's the analogy. So I know the idea is the talents or the, you know, the minas are basically like love, like the idea is we should be risking to love um and if we are risky and are and bold in our love we're rewarded versus those who don't do anything and sort of keep to themselves but the like execution ordering is intense <laughs> and i don't know i just again it falls it's it's you know this is sort of the ongoing exploration of this podcast in some ways where it's like oh i understand god is is x using the same source material <laughs> and then a lot of bands from this world are like Oh, interesting. I see God as why. I'm like, oh, 
I wouldn't choose to highlight stories about Jesus being like, did you make more money for me? Cool. You didn't, I'm going to murder you. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that's not what it is. It's just like, not, not the mode of daddy that I would choose to highlight where I given the opportunity. So I don't know. I, I sort of, but it's, it's told in such an interesting way where it's like, it's almost a separate parable that he creates with these other characters. Like, tell me if you think I'm right in this, but it's sort of like a child is put in charge of a kingdom while these Kings leave and they hadn't guarded the kingdom very well. The watch was asleep in the tower. The doors were left wide open. There's a Fox of the vineyard making wine. Um, and then the child cast down the watch from the tower, locks the doors and made blood wine down in the vineyard. And then the Kings come back and say, he's like, well, I locked it, you know, the door and you can't come back. And they're like, well, haven't you ever sinned? So the idea, I guess, is like using the resources we're given well. Um, but the kings are bad in this version of the story. So I, I don't get it. It's just, I don't, yeah. What do you think? It, it is, it's a curious, it's a curious story to choose. Yeah. Um, we should, uh, we should have had my dad on for Jay's know, theology right? corner yeah, for real. to break down, to break down this one. But I'm sure like, whatever he would say about the parallel time minus, I'd be like, oh, that's actually really great. Um, but, <laughs> anyway. but yeah, I tell you, I, I tell you that everyone who has more will be given but as for though the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Right. The usually, at the, usually at the end of a parable like that, you're like, oh, that guy fucked up. But in this case, it's like, and that's me. It's like, <laughs> it is? It, that's me, Jesus, the guy <laughs> who wants to watch you get killed right. for not making interest on money. Uh, right. Yeah. It feels like it feeds into the worst impulses of the church where it's like, you got to return on your investment. Otherwise you're going to go to hell. I'm like, well, these are both two bad things. Um, so I don't know. And I know, again, usually when Jesus is talking about money, it's not literally about money. I understand that. Um, and I actually looked at several translations of this and the execution part is not in all of them. I think the sense is more just like, there will be a judgment on how you, um, in your boldness with your faith, I think is the idea, but never like to have Jesus talk about him being like, Hey, bring those, bring those guys over and I'm going to kill them. Um, so I don't know. It's a weird one, but I love, I just, it's so evocative and the, like, you know, this child King left alone in a castle, locking out these corrupt Kings and there's blood flowing in the vineyard. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Whatever's going on. Yeah. And I like to hear him stomping around wailing about it. Um, so I don't know. I find this one just fascinating. And the more I listen to it, the more that I wanted to like keep listening to it. And it might not hang together as like perfectly as my top two, but I, I could not include this one. I find it really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, cello phone.
This is a noisy, noisy song. <laughs> it is. Is it too noisy for you? Is it a nightmare? No, it's not too no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fuzzy. Definitely. No, it's not. It's not fuzzy. It's noisy. Um, there, there are moments on this record that make me and we we sort of uh evoked tom waits earlier with like what's Mm -hmm. he building in there (laughs) yeah uh but there are moments on this record where i'm like this does feel um rain dogs frank's wild year like era of junk junkyard core (laughs) yeah just junkyard just like this song feels like that just beating on oil drums yes just very very loud and noisy yeah the 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 stomps and the dirty guitars and the sort of like vocals delivered through megaphone it's kind of a tom waits neon horse crossover vibe um i don't know this one this is another one where i'd say like i like the sound a lot i like the elements as a song it maybe doesn't really go to the next gear for me but i think i love those dirty guitars damn damn just like over and over reverb b sounds great yeah drums are doing some interesting fills in there um again the bridge the most interesting part for me those keys that come in are really cool there's a really cool sounding guitar solo after that uh 204 can we hear that oh yeah we can I love yeah. the little like doo doo ding. See, keys this is this then... is the kind of noise that I yeah. appreciate because it's noise sure. with texture, and uh, there's something there's something interesting to listen to. It's not sure. all it's not all lost. There's um, some space between the noise. There's some space between all the different the space between that kind of noise. Uh, I I want to <laughs> since we were just not talking, acknowledged. Sorry, since we were just talking about Tom Waits. I want to bring up one of my favorite yearly uh, headlines from the hard times. <laughs> Tom Waits giving out rusted harmonicas to any trick-or-treaters who visit him at a haunted junkyard. <laughs> there you go, kids. Have a, have a good time. Yeah, here you go. Man, as, he, as the years pass, that, that idea of a final tour just seems less and like, less, yeah. and less likely. Yeah, but. I know. The, the lack of any new music... Um, it's a bummer is bumming me out but you know what it's not like we haven't received decades it's true i just thought we'd get we'd get a chance to see him maybe we still will um maybe we'll see neon horse which one is more likely to happen neon horse or time (laughs) wins oh man i if i would i'd love to see tom waits perform a final concert at a haunted junkyard (laughs) Oh my God. That's a perfect sentence. Um, yeah, this, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like that bridge a lot. I, I, again, the vibe is mwah. the, you know, he opens with sweet and silky, like a knife in the dark. I mean, that's pretty great. Um, I don't know what a cello phone is. I guess it's a play on cell phone and cellophane. I, I don't know. Um, not sure what that has to do with the thematics of it, which, I mean, I guess you talk a lot at a cell phone and the song's about talking. I don't know. But it's based on James 3. Um, 
about not being able to tame a tongue, sort of the hypocrisy of blessing God with our tongues while cursing people made in God's image with that same tongue. So I guess this is basically about not believing what people say. Like he says, your mouth is moving. All I hear is blah, blah, bing, bong, <laughs> which is pretty great. Um, I don't know. That's, that's what I think at least. About as cool and as smooth as a knuckle to the jaw. <laughs> Love it. Um, uh, there's some turns of phrase in here, baby. Yeah, there are. I, yeah, I think the the whole cellophone thing is just probably trying to create this image of like some some yuppie yammering away on his on his mm-hmm. cell phone. You know, just there's too much you. Yeah, too much <laughs> you. Like, you know, yapping, yapping. Yep. Blah blah bing bong. <laughs> All I hear is blah blah bing bong. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yep. Not the song doesn't have any uh blah blah bing bong, but it does have some <laughs> chain gang bang bang. <laughs> All aboard. song is really fun it's very fun it's like (laughs) very repetitive but very fun um it's certainly catchy and it's nice to hear like a punchy horn section all of a sudden you're like ooh, this thing kicks off with a a train whistle a whip and then a big old horn section uh it's like oh this is a different vibe um this feels more like the first album um which again i like but I like the spookier, synthier stuff better on the whole, I'd say. Um, but it's fun to have this one in here. Um, you know, what's how, how could you not want him to go chain gang bang bang over and over? Like, <laughs> <Boo-hoo>. <laughs> that's why we brought the weave. <laughs> like, I just Night love. Is young, the day is long, feed the choo yeah. choo, swing the pick <laughs> and shake the bombs, tick tock, coo coo. Every- <laughs> I mean. You could hear Tom Waits say in a version of that, oh, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Tick-tock, cuckoo. Um, Everybody sing along. There you go. <laughs> that would be the vibe. And I was dang, 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 feed the choo-choo. <laughs> Tom Waits also many theatrical vocal options. Oh, hell yeah. What Three about a... Pick, stick the bounds. Neon Horse opening for Tom Waits <laughs> tour. Um, I'd take it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, very fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, Colossians 3.7 is the verse here, which is about sort of not living in sexual immorality and lust and greed. Um, basically going along with others, like maybe following a train that's headed off a cliff and having fun, but not paying attention to the fact that it's destructive. Is that is that the metaphor here? I don't totally know. We're talking about a, we're talking about a gangbang here. 
He's so close to saying gang bang, which I guess is sort of implied in the chain gang bang bang. I don't know. There's, it's a sexy train. There's a whip there. <laughs> There's a whip. People are banging. People are definitely banging. And maybe that is headed off a cliff and they're all going to die. But um, I don't know. It's like, it's funny that it's like, don't have too much of that sexy fun. Um, you know, pay attention and, and don't be on that train. But also, like, why are you making the train ride so fun then? <laughs> like, like, it's got a big sexy horn section. I mean, whip, if I'm so. gonna if I'm gonna be on a train going off a cliff, I want to be bang banging. <laughs> Absolutely, I want the sax in my face. I know, and I want that whip. Carly Rae Jepsen sax. <laughs> oh, baby, oh, that's coming up in about a month, buddy. It sure is. Um, I gotta get a ticket for that. How dare um, she? I know. Um, yeah, uh, and from chain gang bang bangs to a song with a lisp in the lyrics in the title coming up seventh <laughs> yeah is this time waits oh shit that rules no fools andrew um this would probably be number my number four i really like this song. interesting i love the like just big dark pulsing 80s synth bass chords from second one um and then they continue into the chorus which then adds that great high synth part on top on top of it um i don't know i just think it's a great synth sound and melody throughout um I get some headphones vibes here, which probably explains why I love it. And you do not <laughs> um, headphones, you know, like two to two Kevin Bacon degrees away from Jason Martin, where it's Frank true. Lenz from Starflyer was in headphones with Dave. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about the like, ding, 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 with the like, bow, bow. it's very much my shit. Um, creepy throughout. Um and then, yeah, that lisp comes in on the second verse. The jungle suffereth no fools. I don't know what he's doing exactly. He's just doing a, He's doing another voice, another character. Um, you know, the lyrics here are interesting. Uh, Proverbs 29.6, evildoers are snared by their own sin, but the righteous shout for joy and are glad. So I guess, you know, when he's like, won't you come back to the room? killers pray and they purr too and i'm purring for you i guess my interpretation that's sort of like sin tempting you like getting caught in that trap is that how you see it i think in this um in this song the the metaphor is like you're being stalked you're the prey you're being stalked by the leopard the leopard is the one like slutty lady (laughs) i mean it's 
slides in and out of view. Mm. Mm. Again, of course, Sin has to be presented as like a, a slutty lady leopard <laughs> who's trying to get you to come bone. <laughs> yeah, I'm purring. Oh. I'm purring for you. Mm. Come back to the room and bone this large cat. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds pretty sexy. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but it's all kind of like slinky and sexy. And I don't know. I get the lust analogy as an easy way to sort of give into temptation that can be destructive, but I sort of want more analogies. <laughs> I don't know. Like also, I don't know. I guess I can't I can't relate to this anymore, but how much as an adult Christian man, John, <laughs> right. do you think about lust? Like how often are you like thinking about the concept of lust? It feels like a curious sure. yeah. thing to write about as as an adult, I don't know. It just seems. I suppose it's it's. I mean, a lot of these criticisms about sin and evil on the record are sort of just like befalling to the easy temptations of the world, and sometimes it's the stuff that's easier for me to relate to, like materialism and worldly things, um, you know, uh, hypocrisy and talking shit about people. Um, but other times, it's yeah. A lot of times, it's sort of about lust and sexiness and i suppose i don't know in the context of sort of like cheating on your partner or something that could be something that comes up regularly but yeah i don't know i'm not i'm not faced with a lot of lady lions trying to get me to come into the room i suppose as part but not of a lot time. of not a lot of large lady sexy cats purring for you purring for me no uh you know maybe if i was living that rock star life and there were more large cats throwing themselves at me on the road i'd be <laughs> like aren't you the, aren't you the bass player from tiger jack <laughs> no that's someone else <laughs> i'm you're johnny like, two bones <laughs> you're like the jungle suffers no food <laughs> yeah i don't really get that either or like coming up seventh i tried to like unpack what that even means <laughs> and calling it coming up seventh <laughs> it's just there's a lot going on i don't know i still with all these songs of like they invited this deep analysis by including all these Bible passages. Like that's just, that's, that's red meat for us in terms of being like, Oh, we got to pour this thing over. Right. But like just vibe wise, like I really, really like these songs. I want to make yeah. that clear. It's just a lot of stuff to sort of bump on, uh, I think, or maybe not even a lot, but just like a fair amount to sort of be like, huh, interesting. Um, but just in terms of the musicality and the songwriting and the approach, like I'm very here for it. Um, so uh, with the exception of this next song, which is my least favorite. <laughs> I don't need anything. The closing track. Follow the man. 
I don't know. What do you think of this one? It's got like um classic rock kind yeah. of feel to it. Yeah. I think it just dips too far into that for me. Yeah. Um, virgin on virgin on some butt rock territory. <laughs> um I don't know. It's, again, I I like it fine. This is again much more the first record is a lot more sort of classic rock hard rock influenced I would say. Um I like the sing talking. Uh I do like the synths that come in toward the end of the song, but I don't know, it kind of bums me out that like it closes on one that I'm the most kind of like, eh, I can skip this one. Um but it's I mean, fine. <laughs> little Ecclesiastes. Yes, this is what we were talking about. The meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless at some point in the pod. Maybe that was last season. I don't even remember. Um, but yeah, calling back on that idea again here, I think basically showcasing like a bunch of worldly goods in this song to portray the, you know, everything in the world of earthly pursuits and material goods is meaningless. Is that the idea? I guess it's probably the the closest thing we would get to talking about kind of the stuff that we were talking about being critical of. Yeah. Right. Um, right. You know, like, <laughs> but it's like curious to be like, if it's like talking about things that don't matter, it's like, you got a couple rotten kids, a trophy <laughs> wife, a big old dog, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Again, pretty like, harsh i don't know maybe it's just like hey that that family of yours fuck them sucks yeah i guess it goes with the idea of like achieving the sort of perceived american dream for the sake of that status or that you know checking the box of that success i guess um but i don't know it's yeah there's definitely like a, a harshness to a lot of this record which maybe the like spooky subgenre lends itself to because it's like not the most subtle <laughs> characterization no. usually so i suppose i get it um, yeah i think we bumped on that a lot of that kind of stuff last yes. year and yeah. you know maybe it, it it proves itself to be a little bit more biting and cynical right yes so i guess maybe that makes sense yeah, and again, they're usually like characters, you know. They're right, wolfmen and zombies and the <laughs> no, Norman horse skeleton <laughs> men. Um, so it makes sense, and I have a, I have a level of like, um, uh, you know, understanding for this mode more than I do. Like, like I said, like here's a bunch of young straight white guys writing exactly how they feel you know what i mean like with this i can give some i can give a pass to some of this because i'm like i get that this is sort of your like package of this sort of like art that you're creating here right um i don't know i i I had a lot of fun listening to this album i hope i didn't give the impression that like it all just bummed me out or was offensive to me because i really like it (laughs) um but there is a lot as you said to chew on and sometimes to its detriment i think yeah um but a really interesting band absolutely and uh i do see more mark solomon and jason martin in our future yes absolutely always love to hear from either of those dudes especially when they're combined um but in the meantime let us know what you think 
of Neon Horus, of this record, of Magnified Pod in general. If you've seen a hat man uh, at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, follow and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or a review. And we should say um, we're, we have several great uh, voicemails and memos and emails from you all that we're going to kind of hold off on if they're not spooky related this month while we're doing Magnifrite Pod and then kind of get back to some of the thoughts you shared about other bands we've covered this season. But in the meantime, if you have something spooky you want to share with us, and if you have thoughts about the bands we're covering this season, you can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. Or leave us your spooky voicemails at 872-762-4763-8727-MAGPOD. You can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod, and we'll have some spooky specific content for Patreon punks coming up this month. Talk more about that later. Uh, And you know, you can pick up some season four merch over at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com, but you can also pick up, Andrew, plenty of Magnifrite Pod merch. We got shirts, posters, mugs, water bottles, sweatshirts. We got that Phantom Cackler merch. <laughs> we got the <laughs> Werewolf Reclamation Project shirt. Um, all kinds of stuff. It's really Phantom Cackler's time to shine. So it's true. Uh, I can't wait for the audio delights he'll send our way this month. Um, but check out all that stuff. I, I, I am the biggest fan <laughs> of the Magnifrite Pod merch of any of the merch we've done i'm wearing the t-shirt now i got the hoodie i got the mug i'm very into it so anyway <laughs> great designs from multiple great uh members of Magpod nation um uh, thanks to small step records for sponsoring us go to smallstepperecords.com to learn more and thanks to shadow producer jason and bruno at unoriginal vinyl for our artwork well i think i hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up going blah blah bing bong <laughs> um we'll be back to try to make it go astray next week we'll discuss Mercury Radio Theater's blue-eyed model. Oh, hell yeah. Get that whip out. Time to get some bang-bang. Yeah. Dude, this train is sexy. Everybody come along. Jumping off a cliff. It's only kind of fun. That's why we brought the whip. Honey on your tongue. A little on your lips. Everybody sing along. Waiting on that Tom Waits cover. (laughs) What are you going to say? My favorite part of this uh, chain gang bang bang train. Uh That caboose, bro. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. No, all about that caboose. Mm. Get that whip. Oh boy. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.